Hello, Wild Feathers. Today we have Lori Cecil Bonini on with us, and she is a doll. She is a super connector. She is so helpful. Um, she's the founder of Elsis, which is a communications consultancy, and she specializes in public relations, public relations strategy, internal communications. She works with Fortune 500 companies, but she also works with founders and helps with startups, especially when they receive funding. She does funding announcements, um, pr product launch announcements, um, hiring, all kinds of things. And she has fantastic ideas. She shares a lot of tips. So this is a great resource and helpful information for all of you founders and entrepreneurs out there uh, and investors. She would be a great person to know for all of your portfolio companies. So um, she's coming to us from Rochester, New York, and you'll enjoy it. She's just adorable and so sweet. Anyway, I'm Brooke, your podcast host, and let's get to it. Are supported by Masami. Masami is clean premium hair care with a Japanese ocean botanical for weightless hydration and shine. We love their products in my house. My daughter has really thick long hair and I have really fine thin hair and we both love the Masami shampoo and conditioner. Masami is vegan, cruelty-free, non-toxic, clean, gender neutral, and works for every hair type and texture, whether straight or curly. Their products clean and moisturize their hair all at once. They've received several awards for their products, and after using them, you will look like you just walked out of the salon. They're eco-friendly, sustainable, vegan, plant-based, and the company is woman-owned. For 15% off, go to Love Masami, that's L-O-V-E-M-A-S-A-M-I.com backslash the Wild Feather Podcast and enter the Wild Feather Podcast in the coupon code for 15% off your entire order. I am so thrilled to have Lori with us today. Uh, Lori, I'm going to mispronounce your last name, but um, I met Lori at the Women Venture Summit, and she is amazing and so fun. And she is a marketing specialist, more so tuned into PR and communications and announcements and product launch announcements and things of that nature. Uh, so I'm excited to have you with us. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Okay. How do you pronounce your last name, though? Cecil Banani. Cecil Banani. I got the Cecil right. Part, yeah. but the banani, I was like, oh, I don't want to say it wrong. Um, <laughs> so, how's it going? How's how's the marketing world? Things are good. Things are. Um, it, we're well into Q four, so this is yeah. this is the time, right? Yeah. So, from your perspective, are you, 
for Q4, are you um, doing work for like 2024 or are you focused on year end? Year end. Year end. Yeah. People are planning for Q1, Q2, but I feel like it's like racing to the finish right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you own your own consulting business and um, you also work with many different companies and you work with startups and you do a lot of funding announcements, which I think is great. But before we dive into all of the to do's and the to don'ts, tell us how you got started, uh, how you started Elsis and how you fell into this world. So I had a corporate career at various agencies in um, in New York City. So I worked at a healthcare agency. I worked at a general advertising agency. I, so um, Shire Health is now part of Ogilvy Health and DDB, um, Madison Avenue Agency. I worked at NBC. Um, and then I went down to Atlanta to take a job at a company called World 50. Um, and... I had before when I left NBC, I actually left to take a sabbatical in South America. And when I came back, the plan was to leave New York city, but not know where we were going yet. And so I started like picking up clients because I still had to pay my rent. And, um, I sort of stopped looking for jobs. I really liked, I came from a biz dev background. And so I really enjoyed looking for clients and doing the work that we agreed on. And, so I stopped looking for a job. So at some point it was like, okay, wh- what are we doing? <laughs> are we going to stay or not? Or, And so I wound up taking a job in Atlanta and about 15 months into that job, I got laid off, which was the very best thing that could have happened. Um, wasn't sure where my husband and I were going to land. So we moved upstate with, into my mother-in-law's house. We put all of our stuff in storage and I was like, well, of course I have to find a job and we need a city, like a big city. I don't want to, I don't like winter, you know? And the longer we were at her house, I was like picking up clients. I had like put a Facebook post out like, Hey, I'm going to freelance for a little while. Like anybody, you know, interested. And so a woman I went to college with had put me in touch with, um, my very first like real client, I would say post you know, the freelancing haphazardly era. And I started working for her, for that company, a startup out in San Diego. And then I picked up other clients, including Verizon. So I was basically building my company at my mother-in-law's dining room table. And I would say maybe eight or nine months in, I was like, I think I could live here. I could work remote. I can travel when I want. And, um, that was well before COVID. Um, but I was like, I could work and from anywhere and it wasn't super cool then. Like it wasn't, you know, as accepted. So there, I did hit a lot of challenges and I was willing to travel. Um, but I basically built my company from there. And, um, and so that was in 2015 and now we're in 2023. So eight years I've been on my own. I have a couple business birthdays because I, filed for an LLC in 2018. So that would be a five-year anniversary. (laughs) But um, I sort of pulled everything that I've done in my corporate experience and kind of pulled that together as like a consulting firm and then have grown that to be things that I also enjoy doing and things that I'm interested in. So in corporate, 
I very much worked on every industry. Um, and on my own, I really focus in tech and healthcare. And I would even go deeper to B2B technology. Um, I've definitely worked in other areas like food and beverage and travel and tourism and higher ed. But I would say if you're drawing a circle around like what are the two areas that I've focused on, I would say those are, those are it. And so, um, yeah, so eight years, five years, whatever business birthday you want. want That's awesome. Isn't it amazing how time flies when you have your own thing? And I think it's also interesting how it takes on its own, like things come up and they naturally, um, come to you like opportunities. And so you just kind of morph it over time and you get your specialization, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. That's the biggest lesson is, you know, I, it's me, it's my company. Like I can do what I want. Like I remember when I was in South America and I was traveling, it would be like, I don't like this town. Okay, Lori, do you want to leave? Yes, Lori, I do. And that's really, you know, my company, I can make those decisions. And so, yeah, um, yeah I think that that evolution is is crucial. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, it's a lot of fun. So what would you, okay, so you work with startups too, and, um, and bigger companies, but we're going to hone in on, like, yeah. because we talk about, we talk to founders. Yeah. Um, what are some things, some tips, or what are some tools that you would give for, um, startups from a communication standpoint without giving away your goods, right? Yes. Like, Cause you offer all these services. So, um, yeah. we'll include all of your information for anyone that needs your help. Um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say, um, building your messaging and making sure that everyone is on the same page with what your company does. So one of the things that I do when I start working with a company, I give them a questionnaire and I say, anyone that is going to be involved with any kind of messaging or executive leadership, you know, everybody should answer this in their own words, because then you can see if there is potentially an issue right off the bat with messaging. Right. Um, but that questionnaire really answers a lot of questions and kind of guides me in terms of what those needs are. Um, so I would say, figure out your messaging. Um, so how do you resolve that? If you're, cause this brings <laughs> me back to um, my Boge days of doing employee surveys and what the CEO thinks the culture is and what the culture really is. Right. So, and then that's a whole nother layer of trying to fix that. So how do you resolve the deltas or the disconnects from the marketing? Part of that is my secret sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's cool. I didn't know if you actually did it or, you know what I mean? If it was like, um, hands-on working with everyone or whatnot, but you, yeah, I mean, I do a lot of writing and crafting and sometimes I can take what a founder says and distill it. So if it's a very technical founder, their answer is going to be a lot different than, you know, someone that doesn't have the technical background. And I think I am a good go-between between between distilling down what that 
looks right. like. So yeah, th- there's, there's a bunch of exercises for that to make sure everyone's on the same page. Um, but then thinking about what are the things, if somebody called you from the media right now and what would they need? So I would keep a folder updated with, even if press feels far away and that's not even on your radar, I would have updated headshots of your team. I would have updated bios for everyone. Um, you could even go so far as long, short, and very short. Um, I would have your company logo. I would have a team picture that I would keep updating because as people come and go, you want to make sure that it's the most current photo. Um, but I would make sure that you have all of these things because you don't want to be scrambling for these things or like, Oh, yeah. we need to call a photographer. Um, and so that's like one of the first things I get my clients on or like we're not getting press right now. We're still working on other things, but these are the pieces you need to. And then the third thing would be, you know, everybody is busy, but you want to like be reading press and you want to be reading articles and you want to be reading, especially the ones in your space and getting to know who those authors are, who are those journalists and engaging Mm. with them on social media. And so Twitter has imploded, but finding your journalist on, um, you know, whether it's threads or posts. And I know there's still journalists on Twitter because it was just easy. Um, but finding those journalists and following them, engaging with their content, you know, they'll, they see that. Right. And so then, you know, what they write about, what they're talking about, what stories are interesting to them and having that, like just building that list. Um, I mean, this is also one of my special sauces, but, but, um, having your team do that too. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I I would think though, like if it's your secret sauce, you obviously know what you're doing as a founder. I'm, they're not. Yeah spending time evaluating authors like you ha- obviously know what to look yeah. for but they and, and you get it i would think yeah. you'd pick up on styles as well yes and and i always encourage founders like even when i build the list like these are people you should be following like these are your target journalists but even just having that because one of the questions i ask in this questionnaire is you know are there any journalists that you're com- you would love to have a story written about and you can tell when, and it's not a bad thing not to have any answers, but I can tell when people have done a bit of homework too. And so it gives me a gauge of like where they are. And so mm-hmm. it's hiring me or somebody like me gets that list built and you can start engaging with that content. Um, and then the, how many adv- pieces of advice do you want? That's good. I mean, however you want it, however many, but that's good. I mean, I wouldn't have yeah. even thought about all this stuff. Uh, uh, well, I, have like more. I actually um, had written an article about some tips so I can pop that in, in, in the show notes. There's some more. Yeah, There's we would love to. We can include that. That'd be great. Okay. And Perfect. we'll awesome. add it to some, our social media, just like a quick uh, three tip, tips, whatever. Yeah. Uh, okay. So. What industries are hot right now? Um, AI is hot. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I would say enterprise technology. Mm. I would say those are big ones for me at the moment. Um, But, 
there's been, you know, there's a lot of movement in different categories like retail and automotive on the tech side. So what um, about biotech? Biotech is hot. I I always feel like it's hot. I feel like that. It's just, and we just came from like the center of biotech when we were in San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot going on there. Okay. So how, on average, how long do you work with a client? Cause it feels like you are, um, it's kind of like planning event. You have a big chunk to do now and then a little bit goes by. And if they have a new product or some kind of launch, then you would come in, I'm assuming. Right. Yep. So what does that look like from, a founder's perspective. Well, the best answer I can give is it depends, but I can give you a bunch of examples. So sometimes I come in for an announcement. And so I would say that's anywhere from like eight to 10 weeks, um, because of the prep leading up to it and then the follow-up after. Um, and then sometimes it's, you know, can you stay on? And and I gave this analogy earlier, but I'll say it again. So I, I liken this piece of what I do as a roller coaster. So as you're going up, it's slow and steady. That's building your thought leadership. And when you get to the top, the news drops, and then you need to maintain that momentum. But at some point in that momentum, and typically it's when they're getting ready to raise a B or when they're about to hire somebody full-time is usually when I um, am asked, like, do you want this job? And and no, but I will help you find the person, you know, for this role and I can stay on it for a transition. Um, and that's usually when they're ready to hire somebody full-time is usually when I bow out in that situation. Um, and then I can come in as needed, you know, when there's, you know, big things going on and they they need a a team that's not full-time. Um, um, other clients I'm with for a couple of years, um, depending on what the project looks like. So it could be a really short engagement and really long. And the plus is that it's me. And so if somebody needs like a bespoke team, I can certainly create it with, with, um, knowledge that I, that's not my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, but typically, um, I'm their contact. And so it is, um, you know, what does that look like? And we can craft that engagement any way we want. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you become a dedicated partner, like you're in it, right? Like, yeah. Um, do you ever turn away companies that you're just not feeling it? Like it's just, you don't believe in what they're doing or are you very separated from that? Well, there's certain com- there's certain industries I don't want to work with, so I yeah. would not. Yeah. Um, and then there's certain industries like I feel like I'm not the expert. So, yeah. um, for example, like there was, um, I've worked in fintech, but there was a fintech company that came, and I just didn't love what they were doing, and so I knew somebody that all they do is fintech, and I was able to make an introduction, and they have mm-hmm. a solid partnership, and so. I feel like, well, one, I'm a connector. So I love connecting people. And if I can make magic happen, that's awesome. Um, but I also, I know what I, I can, I have no interest in scaling to be an agency. So the right, things that right. I'm working on, I really want to enjoy. And yeah. so um, well, I, would I would think say- that being niched is, or niche is like golden 
for you. Yes. And I think early on when I first started, I was like, yeah, I'll do anything. But I found that most anything was falling into tech and healthcare, which was really interesting. Um, and so that's sort of how I found my way. But yeah, I will definitely, if there's not something right, I have a large network of independent PR people and, you know, we share referrals all the time. Yeah. So in, from a, in giving advice to a founder, not like strategies, like we were talking before, but what are some things that they should, what are some questions they should ask someone like yourself to qualify whether they're going to accomplish what they need to accomplish? Cause I don't think founders, I don't think every founder really understands like, what am I, what are the all the benefits and what's the outcome, what could it be or what could it not be from this um, communication? Like for instance, when you were talking about before you were mentioning how sometimes they just post on the wire versus posting on other platforms. So they're missing out on a robust amount of opportunities, right? Yes. Does the founder... Is how does the founder know all of that, right? Like, what are some questions that they can ask to really understand what they should be shooting for as far as goals go? So that's a good question. So I'm not a designer and I am not very good with a bookkeeping. So I hire experts because I don't know what I don't know. Right. And so one of the questions I always ask them is, I think I know what I need, but you tell me what I don't know because it doesn't make sense not to, right? So I remember when um, we moved into our house, we were gutting our kitchen and we were going to do a renovation and um, the contractor we hired, we basically said, if there's any, it's an old house. So if there's anything you would do in your own home, like tell us because you're here and we're doing that and, you know. And so there was like an issue with insulation. And so he was like, well, I would insulate it. And it's like, okay, great. Insulate it. Cause we don't know that we need that. So right. I would ask, that is one of the questions I would always ask is what don't I know? What am I not thinking about? Um, and I think that's really, really important, but understanding like, this is the way I want to do it. Is this the best way? Those are the kinds of questions. And that's how you would find out these things. So what you're referring to is um, when founders announce a fundraise, they think, oh, I'll just put it on the wire on our blog. And I see that. And you're, you're basically telling by putting it on your blog or your LinkedIn, you're already telling the people that know about you. And by putting it on the wire, there's a permanent record for SEO purposes, but investors and future employees are not potentially reading the wire. And so you're then going to share it on your blog or your website or your LinkedIn, and you're not really expanding that reach. So for an announcement, you would work with somebody or you would be pitching the story to a journalist who would ultimately write a story. So depending on what you've raised, who your investors are, you know, what the company is, does, et cetera, who the team is. There's so many different angles of these stories. So just thinking about it a little bit differently. And, and even if you're not raising, um, another analogy I use is like a hub and spoke. So, uh, for example, let's say you're, like you're a food and beverage startup. 
So you'd think, okay, well, we want to get into food and beverage publications. Well, are you distributing in supermarkets? Because now you have trade press, you know, is there something cool about your manufacturing process? Okay, great. Now you can be in like manufacturing. Is there something cool about how it ships? Well, that's supply chain. Is it good for traveling? Now you're in travel publications. Is it good for kids? Now you're in parenting publications. And um, is there some kind of, you know, superfood in this product? Now you're talking to dietitians and nutritionists and health publications. So really thinking about all these different angles from your company creates those stories. And going back to your question, like what founders might think, well, we need to get in this publication. This is the one we want. And that's great for that story, but there's so much more opportunity. So asking, going back to your question, (laughs) asking what are the opportunities? Where do you see this all happening? Are, Are some of those diving in questions like, what does that strategy encompass and how, how would this potentially look to work together? Yeah. Wow. That's fascinating to me to think about all those different opportunities to explore just with one product. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And And I will, I will add this as a cautionary tale. So if a founder is told by a comms person or PR that they can absolutely guarantee you press, I would run because as much as I would like to guarantee you press, I can't, that's called advertising. And so earned media is a little bit different, but I always tell my clients, I can't guarantee anything, but I will work my ass off to get you what we have agreed. But, um, but yeah, you can't guarantee it because it's earned media. So we don't control the news cycle. We don't control, you know, a journalist's workload. We don't control their interest. It's just making sure you have these, this wealth of stories to come up with, to, to pitch. Yeah. I remember I'm having flashbacks now of when I was, um, starting Bojan, we talked to a few PR firms and Mm -hmm. it was astronomically expensive for a startup. Like we, it was basically like a guarantee of like a year and a monthly at the time it felt really expensive because we were bootstrapping. (laughs) Right. So I think someone like yourself would be phenomenal for startups. Like I just want to make sure that startups feel women founders or entrepreneurs feel supported and that they don't have to go. I talk to these founders all the time and they're like, Oh, I hired a social media agency and spent a ton of money. And it turned out it wasn't financially worth it at all. So I guess I'm just sending the message find someone like Lori or get Lori and you don't have to have like this big robust agency. Well, I will say, um, I will say I like working with funded startups. So there there's money, but I, because I like working with startups, um, you know, I have for some clients, I have monthly retainers, which might not be feasible for a startup. And so, I'm not in the business of wasting anybody's money. I don't want to see anybody like hemorrhaging money. I don't ever want to be the reason a startup is like, we made this mistake. Um, So one of the things I offer are these power hours, which essentially Mm -hmm. they fill out the same questionnaire that I would have any client fill out. Um, I get that questionnaire. I do like a ton of homework, ton of research, brainstorming. 
we get together on a call. I poke holes in all of these ideas. I want them to like be engaged. And then I go away and come back and basically we'll send. Usually it's anywhere from five to eight pages of actionable to do items that based on all the answers, the comments, the questions, and they can hire somebody junior to do it. I can be the person that oversees it, but they're hiring somebody at a less expensive rate that can actually implement it. And because it's somebody at a lower rate, you can hire multiple people based on their expertise to implement these things. So it's not like, oh, go create eight LinkedIn posts. It'll be like, okay, these are the LinkedIn posts you need to create. And these are the topics that you need to write about. And so they can certainly hire me for implementing some of it, but for cost effective purposes, that's definitely something that startups have taken me up on and yeah, um, basically brilliant. give them an action plan. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like power strategy hours. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's I'll awesome. I'll pop that link for you too for the yes, for the show Please notes. do. We'll put it in the notes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So um what else don't we know that we need to know um <laughs> from your perspective? <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I think, you know, working, finding somebody, not everybody's going to be a fit. I think you want to find out what kind of clients people have worked with in the past. You'd certainly want to get testimonials. I mean, you would do your homework as if you're hiring any, anybody. Um, but you definitely want to make sure that, you know, the person that you're working with, you know, isn't, promising you like the front page of the New York times next week. Right. Like, <laughs> so I think keeping that, um, in, in perspective, there are wonderful publications that are your in, in your industries that can definitely provide that starting off point because some of those publications want to see that other people have been interested in you. Mm-hmm. And so you know, not necessarily a trade publication, but one of the areas I always tell founders, especially bootstrapping founders is, do you have a story you could pitch to your local business journal? Like you don't need me for that, right? Like Mm -hmm. you are in a community and you are based there and you live there. And so this is an area that is like low hanging fruit. Like what are you doing? They're not expecting you Um, especially if you're early stage, like they're not expecting you to have like a a perfectly written pitch or anything like that. But I know there's a lot of business journals that hire that hire that feature entrepreneurs and founders. And so it's like, Hey, I'm here. Like, can you write about me? And so some of that is just really, so everybody listening should go do right. that. <laughs> business, a local business journal. A local yeah. business journal. Um, and then that gets you, you know, you know, for the page that you'll create on your website that as seen in and featured in, yeah. you can now start it's populating. Start. Yeah. 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 How do you feel about all of these, like, awards? I get these emails all the time, like, pay it's basically applying to be on the ink list or applying to be on some list and you have to pay for it. Then you have to, I don't know if there's a vote, if you have to get votes or if they choose, or I'm not sure how it works on the other side, but how do you feel about those? Do you think they're worth it? And are they worth the value? 
So I'm not typically a fan of awards that are pay to play because everyone knows that they are pay to play. Yeah. I think if you have money to spare and you're interested in doing that, go ahead. But I think you stay focused and, you know, spend your money where you think it will be best used. And, you know, I think it diminishes the awards a little bit when people know that they're pay to play. Um, I mean, I get these two all the time, like, Oh yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, is it worth it? Is it worth like, other than like a nominal application fee, is it worth thousands of dollars to maybe be on a list? And so I would, I would just stick to that strategy. And where does that fall in? Is it more of like an ego thing? Or do you really think that's going to help you get fundraising or customers? And um, I think there's, you know, it's, it's a loaded question. Like if people have money laying around, then go for it. But I don't know that I would direct money to that when you're already um, bootstrapping or, or not, you know, being very cautious with where your funds go. Yeah. Well, if you do multiple multiple of them, it could get very costly. And (laughs) yeah, I mean, and then if you have investors, they're like, "Wait, so you're just paying for awards? Like, if we invest in you, (laughs) what is that? What are are you doing with the money?" (laughs) Right. 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 Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Uh, Awesome. So how does one go about working with you if they need your services? Where do they go? Sure. You can find me on LinkedIn uh, or you can go to my website, which is Elsus, E-L-S-S like Sam, U-S like Sam.com. And it is Sussel backwards if you need. Uh, Yay. I love it. <laughs> it's about thinking differently. Yes. Um, yes. It's a mirror so, image, right? Yeah. On there, there are contact forms and all sorts of, um, you know, services that I offer and, um, you know, there's like some productized offers. So like that power hour is, is set and I can certainly be flexible if it's like, no, we need more than an hour of your time or what does that ultimately look like? Or how would that engagement work? But yeah, to reach out to me is, yeah. That's awesome. Okay. We'll include her website and all the goods. So I have two Mm -hmm. more questions and then I know you've got to go. One is, do you have a mantra or a mantra of the week, a life mantra, um, something that you love? Sure. So I have several quotes that I love, but um, leap, uh, what is it? Leap without a net is one of them. Um, I think that's what it's like without a net. Um, but I love also fall down seven times and stand up eight, which is a Japanese proverb. Um, and, um, Maya Angelou says, or said, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And I just think that it rings so true in so many parts. I don't think it's about holding grudges or anything like that, but it is certainly um, people remember that's, you know, and you know, anything. um, Yeah. I just, I think that's a really important way to to think about things. Yeah. 
Um, and the, it is leap before the net appears. That's uh, the quote. So I like it. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. All right. One last thing. How can we yes. help you? Ooh, well, I would say if anyone, it, you know, is looking, you know, to amp up their communications, think of me. Um, and also, um, you can follow my content on LinkedIn and hopefully something will resonate that you can share and, and maybe it's thought provoking. And yeah, so absolutely. To comment. Love yeah. <laughs> We'd love to. Well, thank you so much for, uh, joining me today. It's great to talk to you again. Great to see you. And Likewise. I'm really jelly of your, um, your group hookup meetup soon that you're going to see all the girls. You got to tell me about it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you have a great day. We'll definitely send people your way. Um, this is, I think your services are very valuable. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, subscribe to our channel, the wild feather. If you want to learn more about our guests or their products and companies, you can visit our website at thewildfeatherpodcast.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter to receive info on our upcoming episodes. Follow us on social media to get the latest deets. We're on all of them, so pick your favorite and follow us. And if you're a founder and need funding or accelerator info or business resources, you can go to our website, thewildfeatherpodcast.com and find some valuable information and resources there. No matter if you're a founder, your investor, or what your path is, just remember you were born with wings. Wings.